Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. And as always, we're trying to elevate that conversation. Uh, you can always do that. Join us uh, by uh, putting in your thoughts on the Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. And now we turn to the ultimate elevator man, uh, Jason Perry, who uh, heads the Hinckley Institute of Politics up at the University of Utah, uh, always elevates our thinking and our conversation. Jason, thanks for joining us today. Oh, so glad to be with you, Boyd. Well, we've uh, we're, we're the curtain is beginning to fall on the uh, 2020 election cycle, which I think uh, is a merciful thing for all of us. Uh, but I wanted to to get your take on a few things as we kind of get some perspective and some lessons learned. Uh, but let's start with the fourth fourth congressional district, one of the last races to be called. Uh, any takeaways from you? Obviously, Burgess Owens' win is historic. It's a big win for him. Uh, ben McAdams being a uh, a one termer uh, is also an issue. Uh, but what did you learn from that? What's your takeaway from the CD four race this year? Well, this is just such an interesting district. Uh, for those that have watched this since 2012, which is when this district was created after the last last census, it has flipped four times. Democrat, Republican, Democrat, now Republican. It is just such an interesting district. Uh, and it's one that the whole country watches. And it has become so close that I think it's something that our own legislature starts to watch when they start thinking about the boundaries and that kind of thing. But it also highlights just how significant the turnout is in Salt Lake County versus Utah County. Of course, there's Juab and San Pete as part of that district also. But really, if you look back to 2018, you look back at this election this time, you see what a significant impact it can have when one of those counties overperforms, when they show up in bigger numbers. Salt Lake County did really, really well in 2018. Utah County, really well in this election cycle. And that just shows the battle of these two powerful counties that's enough to turn this race. Yeah, that's uh, that's fascinating. All right, give me a uh, a quick hit. What is the most important thing for Burgess Owens to be uh, focusing on in the uh, next couple of weeks? And uh, and then uh, what is the next thing uh, that uh, Representative McAdams will be looking at as he starts uh, calculating his future a little bit? Well, uh, I, I'm going to say both of them have a little bit to do in terms of, of, of mending, bringing people back together. But for Burgess Owens, uh, this goes to one issue. It is the one primary issue on the minds of voters is he's got to help uh, address the issues dealing with the pandemic, with, with COVID-19. There is going to be no time for our Congress uh, to start learning more about this, about how what, what to do. This is the issue that has divided us. I hope this is the issue that Maybe now that this election is over, it's the issue that brings us back together. It just has to be. We cannot approach this common uh, enemy 
in a divided way. So I think that's what he's going to have to do. Bernie's always going to have to try to help in Utah and in Washington, D.C., to let this common enemy of this pandemic be the very thing that unites us once again. And that's what he's got to do. Love that. And how about uh, Ben McAdams looking forward? He's obviously young uh, and uh, I, I would say not done in terms of uh, his public service. Well, there's no way that, that he is done. Uh, he, he He's held very important roles in, in the state of Utah and our legislature and the mayor's office, and now as a member of Congress, we're going to see him on the political scene in some capacity going forward. At the very least, he's going to be helping in terms of the policy. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him on a ballot again one day. That's just the reality of it, and he's got those kinds of characteristics and qualities also. Yeah. Uh, let's get to a couple other lessons uh, from uh, the 2020 season. There were a couple areas where Utah really did lead the nation um, in some good ways. Uh, we had the, both the Democrats and the Republicans in the state uh, pulled off really stunning uh, and successful political conventions virtually, uh, and as well as our uh, mail-in ballot system that uh, everyone was kind of eyeing of, how do you really make that thing work? They were, I was one of those people <laughs> wondering about how they were going to make that work. But but it's a brilliant observation, Boyd, like always, because it, it, this this whole election cycle proved that Utah once again leading the way in the country. We have the way to approach these problems. And the best time to figure out a problem is before you have the problem. And so when it comes to uh, what we do with our virtual conventions, thought it had gone to that, but also about the mail-in balloting. The state of Utah, even without you know, knowing that this, this pandemic was coming, had put all the groundwork in place uh, to be able to handle these things. The virtual conventions, I felt like, worked really well for both the Republicans and the Democrats. Yeah. In fact, very few complaints and the delegates that were there felt, you know, they were participating, felt like it was a great way to engage. It may be how we do it to some extent going forward. But this is Utah showing that it is possible, whatever the circumstances are, to stay engaged in the political process, not only from the conventions, but even down to how we vote. That was great thinking from our legislature. Yeah, definitely well done there. Uh, so I want to get just in our remaining moments. If you're just joining us, we've got uh, Jason Perry on the line uh, from the Hinckley Institute of Politics up at the University of Utah and uh, our tag team partner in the polling. I, I should actually give a shout out to the Deseret News and the Hinckley Institute of Politics for uh, predicting the CD4 race uh, almost uh, to the hundredth of a point there. I think uh, that was a pretty good poll showing that uh, Burgess Owens would, would win by one one percentage point, And that's about where about where it landed in the end. Uh, but, Jason, I want to get your insight uh, on something you and I have talked about before, and, and that is this possibility of, of the legacy of a Trump administration actually being more cooperation, more collaboration, more compromise uh, as people start to look at their politics less from a pure party lens and more from a transactional lens. Uh, what do you expect to see as we roll in? You mentioned the new Congress coming up and what needs to be done. How do you see that playing out? Well, so you're the one that's coined this really great observation about how people are voting and the transactional nature of voters. It's tied to these issues. That is just the reality. For a long time, you know, this is mostly, you know, it's party. Are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? You know, that's how you vote. That's what happens oftentimes. But but your great analysis, I happen to, I agree with completely, is that people are looking at it as more than just party. Uh, what's happened with this pandemic has forced people to take a look at what they believe. Um, they've realized for people who say, I don't love politics. And I hear this at the Hinckley Institute of Politics all the time. People say, I just, I just don't like politics. I don't want to get engaged. 
But I'll tell you what's happened with this pandemic and this and circumstances dealing with the economy and things around it is people have realized I'm, I may or may not love politics, but I have to vote on people who are in charge of the things I care about most. Yeah. My job, the economy, can my family eat? It, it, we're seeing this even in Salt Lake County. Can my kids even go to school right. uh, in person? We're seeing that other people are in charge of the things that make that matter the most to us. And I think people have woken up to that fact. It's that principle of leadership that you, you talked about in that last segment and, and other times, Boyd, that people are looking for that leadership and they're voting based on kind of, of how they are impacted now. That's why it's become transactional. That's why I agree with what you're saying. It's, it's not just the whole party. I take whatever comes. It's this is the issue that matters most to me. And this is the person that I think is going to help me out the most. I feel most I feel the most trust for. That's what's happened right now because of this pandemic, and I think it is bringing us together. People have woken up because of this. Yeah, fantastic. Great insight and elevated conversation, as always. Uh, Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute of Politics, thanks for joining us again today. You're a great boy. Thanks. All right. Again, that's Jason Perry. I love having him on. Uh, great insight there. And uh, much, much more to come uh, as we look at all the things that will play out now that the elections are coming to a close. A few things still to tidy up there, but it's time for the country to really start our march forward. All right, we'll go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When I come back, I've got a story you cannot miss today. If you're feeling a little down or a little discouraged, I've got a 21-year-old Down syndrome triathlete that will change your day today. Stick with us on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.